Uh, we're back with three more points, aren't we, Sam? I mean, it, it it's so nice to start off the season with six points out of six possible points. I mean, I don't remember the last time Chelsea did that. Uh, I mean, they, I think they no, they, <laughs> it they seemed, two, it was two they, seasons ago when Diego Costa himself carried it. But I, actually, no, I, I remember us losing the first match that, that season, I think. Um, we, no, we, I don't think we did. That was a West Ham game where he scored that, where oh, he scored that okay, match Okay, yeah, yeah, and then I'm thinking of the season before. Yeah, when he when yeah. he single-handedly won us six points. I, I, I can't say anyone single-handedly has won us this six points. It's been a great team effort. Um, good times. I loved it. I loved it, man. It was a good. It, it was definitely a good way to uh, to go into the weekend. And it makes right? it a um, lot more special when it's uh, against a you know team like Arsenal. You know, shit team, proper derby, um, a proper shit team. Yeah, yeah. But you know, so I heard you were actually a uh, oh. at a shit bar for this game. <laughs> yeah, you? yeah. Well, my buddy, one of our buddies, uh, Mazin, if he's listening, what's up, Maz? He's a huge uh, Arsenal fan. Uh, he was in town. We wanted to watch the match together. Zach was out of town, so he couldn't join us. But we uh, we went in. He, he he invited me to an Arsenal bar. It was all Arsenal bar. Yes, those exist in Los Angeles, I guess, somehow. Um, but it was an all-Arsenal bar. It was I rocked my Eden Hazard jersey, and me and three other people. That's it. Everyone else, full-on Arsenal supporters. And, uh, yeah, for sure. And But, I mean, the first – the first 15 minutes was great. I mean, I was I I was having a blast. I was laughing. I was like, and then the next like 60 minutes was the most intense like 60 minutes of my life. Everyone's butt was clenched. There was a there. Yeah, I mean, my anus was definitely sore after that game too. But <laughs> but that know. but not that that is not from the butt clenching though, right? Ooh. No 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 no. That was all from That's, the butt clenching oh, oh, okay. actually. Oh okay. Yeah. No. Well, it was actually only clenched for about those fifteen minutes of just ludicrous. What the fuck was that? Soccer that took place like in the first half, right? Where like they missed. Where they literally they could have gone up. They they could have smashed four or five past us in that first half. I've never seen a Premier League team play that bad, let alone in a, in a London derby match. Who could have walked away at halftime up by two or three goals? And you know what's like, funny? It was crazy to me. So before that second goal, um, obviously Maranta's goal, um, Alba missed like a sitter and like it, I got, six yards. Yeah, out. over over yeah. the bar. And I turned. No, my, no, no. That was at wasn't that that, that was, was Mickey. right. No, it was it was. Uh, this is let me. This is the reason why I know this story because I. This is exactly what happened. I turn. I turn to like everyone else and I'm like, oh my god, it's Alvaro Aubameyang. <laughs> and then literally the next like ten seconds later, Murata does that amazing goal, and I was like, I cannot believe that just happened. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like. I was like, I literally was just making fun of him. This is like, I'm I'm dreaming right now. This is not he turned reality. Into Pierre Emerick Morata, didn't he? <laughs> Pierre Emerick Morata, yeah. Because Th- they, that's they, a little more yeah, accurate. Yeah. Because no, but here's switch. a weird thing. It's like it was just a game of polar opposites, right? Like we have never seen Chelsea be the possession-based team in a match like this yeah. since the the beginning of the Roman Empire, yeah. right? It was... But then at the same time. We've never seen an Arsenal team be this pragmatic ever because it's always been 
this like loosey goosey Vanger football that Wait, they've been playing for God knows if how long. You mean by the from the beginning of the Romans Empire? You mean this podcast or when? I mean the like Roman... Roman's actual empire, or, not the. Oh, so like when uh when the, like the Roman Empire, Roman like in like in like in BC, right? That's what you mean. No. Oh, no, oh, I'm oh okay, okay, Romanovich. Good. All right. Wow, that's like a no. triple entendre right there, isn't it? <laughs> but no. Yeah. Seriously, just to clarify like, for the listeners, yeah. We've never seen these two teams play this way, and at the same time, like you have a Bamiyang who's who hit the ground running in the Premier League and kept it going since he since he joined last season, and then Murata, who's just had the most up and down, treacherous last what twelve months or so, and then we come into this match and Murata just looked like the striker Abamyang was last season, and Abamyang vice versa, right? Uh, I mean, I. I... We're, we're we're basing this off of one game. No, no, no. I I I know, but I'm telling like the tale of the game, the actual tale of just this 90 minutes of football was just ludicrous. To yeah, me I because mean, like it, I there mean, were especially just so if you many... consider the last Chelsea Arsenal game where Morata had three wide open chances that he missed, and you know, obviously that was the obvi- that was yeah, obviously that was the day the world started falling down around him, wasn't it? I think <laughs> that I was think that was that I think that's that was like the main the... point. That was like the that was like the game that could have potentially defined his whole career, but yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully it doesn't. Zach, let, let's just let, how about we just get into the match? Um, yeah, we're, we're talking well. a little bit about it, but obviously Chelsea coming out of victors against Arsenal three um, two at the Bridge. Uh, let's go through the starting lineup: Kepa and goal again, uh, back four of uh, Alonso, Dave, Luis, and Rudy. Uh, midfield of Jorginho, Conte, and Barkley, and front three of Pedro, Willian, and Morata. Um, again, that front three of Pedro, Willian, Morata. Look, looking good again, but I want to start off with the back line because our defense, I mean, before we get into our defense, I think the defense just in the whole match from both sides was abysmal. It was it was awful, man. That was like one of the worst, one of the worst offensive matchups I've ever seen in my life, right? From yeah, both teams. yeah. But I think also so. ours. I mean, I mean, I, I would say especially ours because we allowed 15 shots on target, Zach. 15 shots on target, and and I mean, I don't know this this new Arsenal play style where they cut back. You know that that's their. I've I've seen so many more like so many cutbacks that match. Like they probably did like 20 perhaps, um, and you know honestly like we could have conceded two or three more goals if uh, you know if Abi and Miki had, you know, a little bit more precise shooting. And also, I think Iwobi also had another chance that he could have scored. And, mm-hmm. um, but we we lucked out. Um, they didn't they didn't end up scoring any of those. Um, what do you see, Zach? Why do we struggle defensively? Uh, yeah, I mean, just, just looking back on this game, you know, like the first 15 minutes just started out so well for us, didn't it? Like that was, that was some of the best football we've seen at the bridge in a while. Man, I was cracking and jokes. I was, it was, I, but it that's was the thing. Man. We know sorry likes to play defense by first, by firstly keeping the ball. But if we lose the ball, his main, um, his main strategy on defense is to deploy a high press. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we did. The first 15 minutes, we lose the ball immediate pressure right away. And we, we, we would nick it and, and we wouldn't let him out. But, you know, th- that it all fell apart after that first goal. And, and to say we didn't see it coming is a, is actually an understatement. Because you said, I mean, there were so many fucking cutbacks that were just untracked runners, lazy running, 
lazy defending, lack of focus. It was just a little bit of everything mixed in one. But for that first goal, it, it, there was just a huge lack of focus and effort on uh, on the part of Ross Barkley. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it was Alex Iwobi lost possession – or Ross Barkley lost possession, finds its way to Iwobi on the left-hand side. Then he loses possession, and Mikatari it pops out to Mickey, and he just kind of steps into just a clean shot at goal. And I mean, I, I rewatched the game today, and Conte and Jorginho both got caught ball watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ross Barkley was some 15 yards behind the play, just jogging his way back into it. And I'm not going out there attacking Ross Barkley or attacking Conte or Jorginho because defense is a team effort, and somebody should have identified that. Mm-hmm. It could have been any three, any one of the three, and we wouldn't be having this argument. But, I mean, that's just a lack of focus for me. And then the second goal, I mean, you got Bellerin one-on-one versus uh, Marcus Alonso on, on the right-hand side. And you're just thinking – well, Bellerin's going to take him to the cleaners. And then you see Mkhitaryan come in to support him. And you see Jorginho following Mkhitaryan in. But the second Mickey goes outside of the 18 and floats out onto the flank, Jorginho kind of stops. And Bellerin just plays a simple pass to him. And Mickey has all the time in the world to pick out a – I think it was a Wobi that was, that was the one the that first, scored the second yeah. goal. But, I mean, it, it, it just comes down to two things. I mean, tracking your runners – and the recovery after the high press is broken. I mean, tracking your runners comes down to focus, and that's something that could be worked out on a training pitch. Um, and it also does maybe tie in a little bit with fitness because the players aren't used to playing this high press. We're actually used to sitting back and being pragmatic and just staying really organized and shifting mm-hmm. as opposed to playing a possession-based game. And when we lose the ball, it's basically a hybrid of Klopp's Gagan press. It's mm-hmm. the Italian version, I like to say. But you know, maybe maybe as the players get a little bit more acquainted, maybe their fitness will 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 be a little bit better. So those so we could limit those dips, or when those dips happen, they can happen later on in the game after we kill the match off. Um, but but the other thing that I noticed was the midfielders and the wingers have to come back and support. Um, it, it, it have to come back and support our defense. I mean, there was too many times where we had 2v1 situations out wide where Aspie or Alonso were getting taken to the cleaners by them, um, by, by their wing play. And, you know, it just – it's really annoying to see because people shit on Alonso and people were shitting on Aspie that game. But I had I had to go and remind a few of our listeners that, you know, hey, like as 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 much as we are lacking in defense, it's not – all on the back four. I mean, look at the gap between the midfield and the wingers and look at the gap between the midfield and our back mm. line. I mean, at times there was 10, 15 yards between us where Arsenal was able to, able to play through the lines, link up play and then spit it out wide and, and, and have a decent and have a decent look uh, for a cross. But I mean, going back to my main point, the second issue comes after the high press is broken. We looked absolutely exhausted, like I said earlier. And the fact that we don't know how to recover after that initial press is broken, after they break through our front line and maybe break through our midfield, we just look like a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off. Mm-hmm. And it almost looks like we're ad-libbing the defensive side, which is something that I know Sorry doesn't intend to do. But I'm not really that worried about it because, you know, it is only the second game of the season. And, I mean, we knew that we had defensive frailties, especially when we're playing a team that could punish us like Arsenal. Um, so, you know, it, it's just something to keep an eye on. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But really quick, I also want to mention, I know it's not um, – it's not mentioned here in the script song, but I, I think I do think Kepa could have done better on uh, Mikatarian's goal. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You, you know, I, I feel I just have a feeling, and as much as I slated Courtois, like I just have a feeling Courtois could have saved that. And I know that this is a comparison that mm. people are going to draw with Kepa a lot. Um, he's I didn't even not think Thibaut. About that till now. <laughs> he, he, he's not he's not Thibaut Courtois. 
in terms of quality, in terms of size, in terms of you know shot stopping. He's not Thibaut Courtois, at least not yet. Not yet. So I think yeah, I think too. fans do need to be a little bit more patient with him in that sense. Um, but yeah, just uh, that was ba- my basic defensive synopsis of the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm the, not. The funny I'm not thing, very I'm worried. I was at the I was at the bar, and I, mean, I don't know if you remember. There's one play where. Um, Kepa came out and and got the ball and was holding on to it and I forget which player it was but some Arsenal players were still kicking at him after he had the ball. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I started screaming and I'm like, hey, do you know how much that cost us? Come on, you can't, don't <laughs> seventy one seventy one point. What was it? Something <laughs> million pounds. I think each limb is like fifteen million yeah, pounds. Yeah, right? yeah. Keep your feet away. But um, I mean, he does. I, I, he, he does he, look he, good he, with the ball at his feet he, though. <laughs> And that was also the other joke I said. I said he's a modern keeper. He, he's good with his feet. It's it's fine. It, who cares if he can't save? He had his hand. He had his hand on both of those goals, Zach. To be honest, he had a hand on both of them. And and it makes me think how you brought that up. Would either of them have gone in if Courtois was in goal? I don't know. I mean, Courtois I know Courtois was a was a little bit stronger than him. At least oh, yeah. he looks like it. Oh, because no, Kepa course. doesn't necessarily I mean, fill out fill out his jersey like Courtois. As far did. as I'm concerned, Kepa is completely unproven. I mean, I'm sure he's he, of course he's had he's shown that he has the potential to be a star and he's had quality matches, but mm-hmm. he is completely unproven for obviously his price tag. I mean, I don't want to put a, you know, I don't want to give him higher expectations because of that price tag, but in the reality, if if you take a look at the circumstances that led up to that, how you know we were able, we we sold Courtois for thirty five, um, we could have gotten, or was it thirty five? Yeah, I think so. And we could have yeah. gone, we could have gone Allison for probably cheaper than what Liverpool got him for, um, but we were unwilling to buy, and then eventually we had to purchase, uh, you know, Kepa for an insane amount um so but you know as far as i'm concerned i'm i i am i'm gonna be extremely patient with him you know like I, when when he when those go when you know i'm, I'm saying right now that he, he probably could have saved those but i'm not upset at him for not you know for not stopping them i you know i'm not i'm not like you know saying what you know th- those it was a waste this guy is you know nothing but obviously i would have liked to see him you know like to see him a little, get a little bit stronger um, but he, he's 24, 23 years old. I think he will be. I think yeah. he will be. Yeah, because he, he has to. I mean, it's, because it's a big something. part of the a big part of the Premier League, especially if you're a goalkeeper, is, is the physicality, right? Like a lot of the teams love to play the long ball, and they love to play the way Arsenal did, where you have crosses coming in from every angle. And I think I, I think as a Premier League goalie, you do you do need to have size to be successful. Yeah, but you know, um, you know, Courtois, he's only like two, three years older than Kepa, you know. And, I want to say that well, he's when still Kurt young. Well, came, he wasn't. He wasn't. He, he wasn't necessarily filling in his kid either. Yeah, I mean, he, and, and he's and he's yeah, he's he's also coming off of uh, playing in in Spain, which you know, obviously both of them. Um, but I don't know, man. I I have so I'm I'm gonna be extremely patient with him. I'm not in a rush to see him become a star this year. But you know, if it doesn't pan out, it's gonna look really bad that we lost Courtois. Uh, a World Cup Gold Glove winner, um, but let, let's 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 move on. I actually wanted to say something real quick uh, before we get back into the defensive side of the ma- the game. Um, what did you think about Sari's adjustments um, in the first half? It took him a long time, I feel, because you know the, 
you, like you, you you mentioned earlier, the first 15 minutes of the match, we were dominating them. And it's because they they fielded a you know back you know uh, center two center backs in uh, I think it was Mustafi and um, and Soccer Costas teams, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and he he uh, both of them are pretty short they're not they're not big they're not big center backs so pretty much all Sari was telling our team to do was to you know hit the ball through the air um, you know through ball over the air over the heads of the center backs and we had so many chances and you know once uh once unai kind of got the sense of that he made adjustments and you know we kept on trying it and it wasn't working because the center backs knew it was coming um and it took us until the second half to really change our attacking style and i mean you you saw arsenal with all the cutbacks in the first half we mm-hmm. we probably did as many as they did in the second half and um you know there's like a you can like what do you, what were your thoughts about his adjustments or do do you Am I, am I well, that's too what, much about it. Th- that's what that's what Emery is known for. I mean, he's he, first first off, he's a defensive coach. Um, he always likes to shore up his backline before before anything. You know, the complete opposite of Sari, who would rather build his team from the middle. Um, he likes to build his teams from the back. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were they were they were pushing really high up the pitch uh, before he made those adjustments. I mean, that, that's how Morata was getting all of his money in the first half. That's how Alonso got that, got, made that run down the channel to, uh, to play Pedro in as well. So basically the first two goals came in from balls over the top. Um, but yeah, I mean, he did make adjustments to that, but at the same time, I mean, sorry, was making adjustments um, offensively. I mean, if you looked at um, the, the positioning of Aspilicueta. Um, as the game went on, I mean, for for the second goal especially, that second ball over the top. I mean, Aspilicueta stepped up into that space to play that little clipped ball into into Murata. You know, it, it wasn't there by a, it, it, that that was by design. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a matter of a broken down play. Oh, I'm just going to hoof it up the field. Um, Murata did a great job. I mean, he identified right away that Mustafi and and Socrates were basically falling asleep the whole entire first half and you know he, I think it was Mustafi who he peeled off the shoulder and, and then Aspi played that ball in but um you know the, the thing that impressed me the most was um when Unai Emery started the second half he brought on uh, Lucas Torreira their new signing and I just think the look of him combined with that Guendouzi kid that that looks like something that it, it, Arsenal looks like they're onto something with them too. I mean, I I think that's definitely the centerpiece of your team that you have to build around now if you're Unai Emery. Mm-hmm. Um, but but going back to Maurizio Sarri, you know, he didn't really make too many adjustments in the first half. I felt like we went into the ha- into the halftime um, relieved that we didn't concede more. Yeah, I mean. Um, <laughs> The, the the commentators were saying I think both like it was it was stoppage time it's like I think both managers hoping for the whistle to be blown it's like why does Unai want the whistle to be blown I mean we we have they have all of the momentum going into you know at the end of this half like we want it to blow they don't want I just it to think, end yet <laughs> I think we got fatigued and I think it was blatantly obvious uh, how fatigued American we got, commentators but, are the worst but I do think that like you know I mean I was looking at I was watching Angolo Conte specifically I mean there were times in this game where he just looked lost and how how often do you say that about Angolo Conte I think that's the first time I ever put those words together in a sentence but you know it, it, there's there's a there's a per- a period of time where we just have to be patient and we have to know that you know there are players playing in positions that they are unfamiliar with or may- might be playing in the same position but might be occupying a different role. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, we see players that are 
playing a similar role that are thriving. I mean, look at Marcus Alonso. I know, I know we're going to talk about him next, but I mean, he was that marauding left wing back last season who had the license to push forward. And, you know, he's taking free kicks, getting on the ends of crosses, scoring goals. And he picked up right where he left off this season. Um, but you're not asking him to do much different. Look at Aspi. I mean, he's 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 been exposed in, in oh, yeah. both of our last games. I mean, I mean let's you not, can let's definitely not kid ourselves. But... I mean, it it the the you know this like the muscle that he gained last season and mm-hmm. the weight that he put on to you know move to that center back. It, it's definitely you know affecting him playing this right back position because he got burned so many times, um, and he, he he needs to get you know get lighter and faster because i mean if, if he's gonna be playing that right back spot he needs to get faster for sure he's getting burned i don't know I what's think happening. He, you know what i mean I, I, yeah i mean i i think so but he's never been a pacey right back or slash left no, back I agree. Or whatever you call him i mean but he, he got he, burned he did, almost every time i saw him get attacked on the left side yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean he on does right struggle side. he does struggle with pacey wingers but you know how often how often was he how often was the ball played in behind him? I mean, that, that's what you really got to yeah. look at. Yeah, True. he was beat. He was beat here and there, but that's the beauty. That's the beauty of having a back four, um, especially with a guy like Rudy in there oh, who could just kind of mop up any any nonsense that, that that gets through you. But really quick, I want to talk about Marcus Alonso song because yeah, you know he was just ridiculous today. I mean, I mean, what, yeah. what were your general thoughts? Um, I I mean. It it did not even it did not change my opinion of him. I mean it, it's it's been I I love Marcos Alonso, and I forgive him for his you know very infrequent lapses on defense because you know we do see him you know give up opportunities to other teams with his you know defensive inabilities, but you know those those are definitely outnumbered by the amount of opportunities that he creates when he's pushing up, and you know. He, Chelsea fans, I think we just gotta we just gotta accept the fact that he's not he's not really a left back, you know. Like I th- he he's playing left back right now, but you know that that's only because of the system that we're in. You know he we sorry likes a, a a guy playing it from the back pushing up, um and he's perfect for that. You know he he could be a midfielder honest or a winger honestly, um but uh he. Of, it's 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 amazing two years in a row um he hits game winners in you know crucial derby matches um of, of course last year against tottenham um, yes yeah. and i think was that the second that was the second that was the second game of last again, season as yeah, well i think so yeah, second, yeah second yes second game of the season derby game winner i mean i don't think you can ask more for him um i i i, I was very pleased with the way he played yeah, I mean, Chelsea fans definitely seem to be split on him, and I, I, I kind of, it kind of confuses the hell out of me because, you know, usually when you put away a match winner against Tottenham last season and then a match winner against Arsenal this season, doesn't doesn't that qualify you as basically a legend <laughs> at the club? I mean, uh, you know, yeah. the, the the way he's playing right now is just phenomenal, and as far as I'm concerned. You know, I know the stats only say he has one assist, but let's not forget he drew the penalty last week at Huddersfield, which basically counts as an assist in my book. And, you know, Chelsea fans, for me, especially those Twitter keyboard warriors, they just kind of need to get over the fact that he's not a natural left back. We know that. It's mm-hmm. it's not it's not news to us when you go ahead and type 50,000 tweets every single yeah, game about how crappy, uh, how crappy is that defense. He's not a left back. He's, he's a left-sided midfield player who could run the channels. 
who's a decent defender, but who who thrives when he gets on the end of attacking buildup play. And the sheer fact that he creates so much for us offensively makes him irreplaceable in the squad. Mm-hmm. So for everyone I was calling out for Emerson this weekend, Emerson had a back injury last week at Huddersfield, was left out of the squad again this weekend. It's not it's not uh it's not an option. It's not an option. And everyone calling for Victor Moses to come step into that right back role and have Aspie go out to the left. Mm. How's that going to solve anything? Yeah. Because Victor Moses is a worse defender yeah, than Marcus Alonso is. That, that, that doesn't do anything. You know, uh, just just put just put his game into context. If we didn't have Alonso on Saturday, we would have lost the game. It's mm-hmm. plain and simple. His assist to Pedro was crucial in getting us into the lead early in the match. Oh, and then man, his that, match... that ball from Jorginho was oh god, it was beautiful. Oh, it was absolutely god. beautiful. I mean, we knew Jorginho was gonna do like we knew Jorginho was gonna be the guy who makes the pass before the pass. Yeah, but uh, you know, it, it, the hockey he, assist. Marcus Alonso had a, had that wonderful assist to Pedro um, early on, and that kind of set the tone. Um, but then he that ma- then he nets a match winner, like a, like a match fucking winner, mm-hmm. you know, and and, and it's. I don't understand how people can still shit on him after doing that. And one thing you got to realize as well is that in this system, Sari does like one of his fullbacks to bomb forward and create. And Alonzo's that guy. That's why we have the balance of having Aspie playing off to the right. And then we kind of shift into this hybrid back three when we're in possession when Alonzo pushes up, which is something that the team is comfortable with. It's very clever on Sari's part to deploy the team like that. So people going out and saying Alonzo's pushing too high up, what the hell is he doing? He has a go- He has what? A goal and an assist to his name in the first two games of the season. Shut the fuck up. He's doing an awesome job right now. Mm-hmm. There's really no other option besides maybe putting Aspi out as a left back, maybe putting Zapacosta as the right back, but still that's not half as strong as what we have now. He's unplayable, and so far he's definitely been our best player this season, at least our best starter. Um, you know, just based on his performances overall. I mean, yeah, you could argue Jorginho um and maybe even rudiger as well but i mean god marcus alonso definitely deserves a shot for being our best starter these first two games yeah and something that i really you know appreciate about dave is you know that back i mean just i think the the, having four back is such an amazing if you just think about the difference between what we what we feel this season versus last season so with marcus alonso pushing up that pretty much leaves us a back three of whoever's in at center back and um and Dave which is pretty much what we would have last year with yeah. Victor Moses being pushed up and instead of having Victor Moses being you know pretty much I wouldn't say he was a negative but not doing much you added you add in another midfielder um and that's just going to create so much more play for you know for the offense um it it's it just it, it I can't believe that we stuck through the three four three for that long. I mean, sorry, the, the yeah, uh, I can't believe we stuck with that for so long. And um, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just really nice. What do you think, Zach? What do you think of my point? It's not. It's it, it's nice. It's nice to see something different. I mean, obviously, like we've been all calling for four at the back, and I'm a purist, so you know, four at the back is always the way for me, but. I just think the bigger thing that's noticeable is that now we don't have to waste five spots on the field for defensive players. Now we could f- we now we only have four and we have an extra spot to throw on another attacker, which I think is perfect because it, last season, especially when we played with three in 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 
in the middle of the park in the midfield, we thrived and we dominated games and we dominated teams. I mean, just look at the Atletico game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I like that adjustment, but I just still find it kind of odd that we have David Luiz playing on Marcus Alonso's side. Um, because I mean, if you want to talk about balancing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> possibly just playing in general at this point. I mean, I've, I've never been the biggest David Luiz fan. I love him and I respect him for what he did for the club, but, but hey, I just Christian's think that we have better options. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not. Him? I'm not saying sell David Luiz. No. I'm not even saying loan David Luiz. I'm. I'm just saying he could be a great options. backup player for that center back yeah. spot. I just think. I think eventually. I think eventually Christensen will slot into that role. But isn't David Luiz leading the league in passes right he is. now? Yeah, he is. He's number one in passes. Um. Yeah. So I mean. I I know I know last game I I read some stat that said he had 11 long balls completed and I don't know what. I, I don't know what that stat generator was talking about because, <laughs> you know, a lot of those long balls were just like those 20, 25-yard pings like on the floor, you know, just kind of like those pinging passes, and and that doesn't constitute a long ball for me. So I think Christensen could slot into that role and, and do it just as well because he has that range of passing, and he's comfortable playing in the midfield, so he's comfortable on the ball. I mean, you, you saw him for Denmark in the World Cup. He played He played a center defensive mid. Um, so yeah, he, he'd be comfortable on the ball. He could link up play. He could find those passes and he's a more solid defender. Maurizio, what are you waiting for? I'm just, you know, I, I mean, we, one... we had two easy matchups the first two weeks, you know, easy. Yeah. yeah so, sure. I mean, I'm definitely not fielding our, our best 11, but let's, let's, I'll kind of, I want to move on to Murata. And we, I, I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but it's nice, man. Num- this number 29, it's working for me. Yeah, it is. Uh, finally breaks through his goal drought. Um, it's kind of like play. LeBron changing his number to six. You know, like all of a sudden yeah. he starts starts winning things. Uh huh. Yeah, but then he he switched back. So I mean, if Morata switches back to nine and he's still playing like LeBron, I'm down. He could switch back after we sell him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Morata finally scoring in the league. That's great. Um, especially after last season's matchup against Arsenal. I mean. There was no one who needed a goal in this match more than Morata, and he got it. Um, his movement yeah. off the back shoulder of Socrates and Mustafi, I mean, he, he owned them. Um, you know, he was quoted after the game saying that he targets 30 goals this season. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, very reasonable. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I, 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 won't, I won't rule it out completely, but, you know, we'll see. Zach, what does he bring to the system and this team when he plays like this? Really quick, just to mention the goal, just to mention his quote, I don't mind him going out and saying that because that's the type of thing you want your striker saying, but maybe not say 30. I mean, maybe say 25 or maybe, yeah, yeah, shoot, shoot for 25. Yeah, 30 is a little bit. Because that way, at least if you get, if you get anywhere near 25, if you get over 20, people are still going to be like, oh, well, well done. You still scored 20 some goals. But if he's going to go ahead and say he's going to score 30 and then he only bags like 11 or 12, then it's going to look bad. But I don't think he's only going to bag 11 or 12. I think this is the start of something beautiful because the way we play football under Sarri um, definitely complements Murata. And he has so many chances to score goals and make an impact in more ways than one. So, I mean, this is why we bought him, right? Mm-hmm. Because he has this uncanny ability to just, you know, play off the back shoulder of of the opposition and create these channels for balls to be played into him. Whether I mean last season we saw it with Aspilicueta where he played like that kind of clipped that clipped looping ball over the top. Yeah. Um where Morata got his money with with the headers or you know th- 
the goal that we saw last game where Azpilicueta played a ball over the top right to feet and uh and Morata was just a foot race with Mustafi and he burned him so you know he he could do this uh basically anywhere on the field and and that's why we paid big money for him in the first place I I do think he's a striker that thrives on confidence um you know he didn't Conte really didn't do a good job of instilling it in him after, you know, his injury layoff and his friend passing away and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the system that we play now and, and, and the way Mauricio Sarri uses his striker, it seems to be doing him wonders because he's getting more touches. He's looking for his runs more often because we're always on the front foot now um, because we're a possession-based team. It's just – it's almost like a domino effect. Because we play this possession-based football, we create more chances, and creating more chances gives our strikers more confidence. You know, it's just – it's so nice to see, and it's something different. And you know, I'm I'm honestly thrilled for him, and I can't wait to see if he could continue this. I I, I don't think he's gonna get his thirty. I, I think it's you know I, I I think maybe even he was exaggerating in that quote, but I I won't rule out twenty some, and I really won't because I think you know if we could get those performances from Murata, um, and we could string five or six of them together, um, and and get him on a nice decent run. I mean, there's no way, um. I mean, there's no reason why he can't score in and around 20 goals this season. Uh, I'd be um, happy, especially if he when Hazard, as long as he is, he's not our leading goal scorer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that that's fine. 15's completely doable. I think he could get that. Um, he only has one so far, so it's it's like really tough to gauge. But we also don't mm-hmm. have Hazard playing out on the left. So I mean, we saw Hazard come off the bench in two consecutive matches. Um, for 20 minutes and give us two assists Mm -hmm. so in less than a half of football Hazard already has two assists just imagine if he's just passing out to Morata for tap-ins what if it was Morata at the end of the game uh when Giroud had where it was a 2v1 and Giroud just kind of he held off his run for a second and then you know kind of hesitated and and he got a really bad angle on that shot what if that was Morata with Morata's confidence he would have ran straight towards goal and probably gotten a better angle on it who knows but you know it's definitely it's definitely exciting, and you know I've always had faith in him. I always thought that there was a good striker in there. I know a lot, a lot of people um, still have the jury out on him. I still do personally as well, but um, I think in the end he's going to come good, and it's just a matter of time. And 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 we saw a glimpse of it uh, last weekend. I'll I'll go ahead and just set his benchmark at 15 goals. If he breaks that, uh, then I'll say he had a great season. Um, so let's move on to my favorite. Croatian loanee from Real Madrid on our squad, Mateo Kovacic. He is, oh, yeah. he, is, he is my he is my favorite Croatian Real Madrid loanee on our squad. Ever? Uh, maybe ever. Yeah. I have to yeah, look, I'd have to look into it, but <laughs> we'll have to see. So, um, yeah, if if we're able to somehow get a Luka Modric on loan, I might I might have to change my answer. But well, that would be great. I but then Real Madrid would launch a full scale investigation <laughs> on tampering. <laughs> so Kovacic, it, first of all, before we get into his play, I just have to say him and Hazard running side by side is very confusing. I I they I feel like Kovacic runs exactly the way as Hazard and I can't tell the difference and it and it doesn't help the fact that he's wearing 17 Hazard's old number. I mean maybe some of our match going fans could actually like, you know, uh back us up on this or deny this, but I mean yeah, like you said, on TV, the way they just the way they carry themselves and their movements are very similar, so it got kind of confusing. But, you know, I mean at, at the match it might be different, who knows, but yeah, so Kovacic, uh, a taller Eden Hazard, that's great. Uh, great addition to our squad, if that's what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. Just Hazard with, with, with 
a couple more inches. That sounds that sounds great. Um, Kovacic, he was ex- I think he was extremely tidy in his possession. Um, you know him and Hazard, their interplay together was was top class. It was I think that is a duo that we're gonna see a lot this season, and mm-hmm. and and it's we're gonna see a lot of good stuff. Um, I'm so excited um, to see him play more, and I think that he pretty much. It's. I think it's a lock that he's going to be in our best elevens midfield, um, at least know, that, for the time being. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think. I think. I mean, that. I'm. I think the jury's set as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, he's he, the way he plays versus a Ross Barkley or an RLC. This guy's always looking to advance the ball up the pitch, push up the tempo. Um, in about 30 minutes of play, he had 54 touches, 43 passes completed at 100% completion rate, three tackles, three fouls won, a take on, uh, a really pretty uh, back heel as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen a glimpse of what Kovacic has to offer us. What's your general feeling, Zach? This is uh, my official call of warning to Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Ross Barkley. Listen up, boys. Um, this is not me firing shots at them before I go on this rant because I love them both, and I think it's a fantastic problem to have within the squad where you have competition for places. And usually you only have – generally, you're you're in a comfortable position if you have two players competing for the same spot. But if you have three players that are more than capable of playing that spot, which all three of them are, competing for the same one, I mean that that's just – it's never a bad thing. He just – Kovacic just seems more suited to Sarri's style of play. You know, he's really nifty and quick on the ball. He's able to shift in between uh, any of the three midfield roles. He provides a ton of energy and balance defensively. He kind of does it all. Um, The only thing I am kind of worried about with Kovacic is the goal scoring because throughout his career, he's never been a prolific goal scorer. Um, But he's always been more of a creative number 10 type player. But I think if we have guys like Pedro on the pitch, guys like Hazard and Murata, um, people that could finish, uh, I think we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I think that we'll struggle a little bit if we uh, if we ever deploy a team without Hazard or Morata in the starting eleven um, with Kovacic because he does lack that goal scoring threat that Ross Barkley does have, um, and that and and that and that I think Loftus Cheek could have as well. But yeah, I mean, I like the look of him, and I think it's obvious that he's the best choice for the position at the moment. You know, he has a World Cup experience to go along with the big game Champions League. Um, experience as well Uh, and people also forget that at Inter Milan he was their main uh, uh, midfield number 10 as well so you know he he has a ton of first team experience despite being a squad player at Madrid and you know he's been around for so long and he's only 24 years old I mean that should just tell you right away that this kid has been places he's seen things and and he's a proven player on the European level and just the only thing I'm worried about and this is such a big issue for me is that I haven't gone full Kovacic fanboy yet because I'm scared. What are you that waiting on, Zach? I'm Hurry scared up. that at the end of the season, Real is just gonna Zach. look at us and say, "Hey, we want 175 million <laughs> for this kid." Done. Because we all know it's gonna happen. Sign the check, best, Roman. Best case scenario, Sam. I'll tell you right now. Best case scenario before the transfer window closes for Spain, Real Madrid go out and buy another center midfield player. That would be the best case scenario. Zach, didn't you see his Instagram post? He's staying. He 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 thinks he's staying at least. 
You don't hey, have look, to tell if, him. If, if he wants to be here, he'll find a way to be yeah. here. I mean, it's, nowadays, in this in this day and age in football, players have all the power. I mean, hey, just look at Cristiano, Court, look at Courtois. Look at Court, yeah, Courtois fucked all of our leg leverage against Real. I mean, if, if Kovacic, they deserve to have the same you know treatment given back to them. Come on, Kovacic, yeah, you know you want to be here. Yeah. You know you, well, you, know like, you look, bleed blue. He just he he just seems to be more polished than Loftus Cheek and Barkley do, and I think it's something to look forward to as the season moves on. I I, I know reports came out earlier today um, that the club told Loftus Cheek that they don't intend to send him out on loan this season, and and that they expect him to stay and fight for his place. I hope that's true. Uh, nothing, no concrete, legitimate sources yet, um, but you know. If that is true, Sam, fuck yeah, he should stay and he should fight for his place because I know we talked about it last week. Ross Barkley's your boy, but Loftus Cheek is mine, dude. And I really, really think that, you know, maybe he won't get that starting eleven spot anytime soon, uh, maybe not this season, but you know, he he could definitely provide cover in that position. I mean, because you know, the season's long. We still have European football, even though it's um, even though it's on Thursday nights. You know, it's. We're going to need squad depth, and, and we're going to need him especially eventually. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But so far, yeah, I mean, I, I like the way Kovacic plays, and especially with Hazard. It's yeah, just it's like, it's so much fun to watch. It's been a while since Hazard played with, like, a proper creative midfielder. You know, yeah, like it's gonna uh, make someone, him happy too. Someone, someone that's someone that's mobile, not not like a Cesc Fabregas type, but someone that could also run at you as well. So, you know, it's. Ugh, it's gonna be amazing. I can't wait. All right, what if what if Real comes up to you at the end of the season? He's like, all right, you can keep Kovacic, but you gotta give us Hazard. No way. Fuck that. Or we're gonna pay for Hazard. And... Or or Hazard signs that that new deal that we put out on the table for him reportedly, three hundred thousand yeah. a week. Oh, was that, and, is that, is that the highest stays. paid? Is that the highest salary in all of all of Premier no. League? It wouldn't be no. No, no, I don't. Th- I think Alexi Sanchez is on that right now, oh, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, he might be. Uh, Zach, we we spent like f- over forty minutes on this match. I think I mean it was well deserved. This was an awesome match. Um, but we gotta move on. Do you have any final thoughts or? Uh, Arsenal still sucks. Yep. Unai Emery's the new Wenger. And they're getting Hashtag... relegated, man. Hashtag bring Wenger back. They're in relegation right now. Listen, best you, case scenario, they they keep playing the way they're playing, and Arsene Wenger comes back to uh <laughs> to take him out. Return of the zipper. The return of the zipper, baby. <sighs> oh my god, I can't wait. Don't, don't, Zach, you know the feeling you had where it's like I don't want to get too invested with Kovacic because I don't want to get disappointed. Yeah. If we, I don't, don't, don't get me excited about the zipper return, man. I don't want to get disappointed if he doesn't come back. <laughs> Okay, uh, let, let's go into the second round. I mean, <laughs> second part. Second round. Second part, speed round. That's where, I, that's where I got the round from, speed round. So, uh, we did this for the first time last week. I'm just going to list off some one-sentence topics, maybe a few sentences. And, Zach, you're just going to give me a few sec- sentences back of, you know, first thing that pops up to your head. Um, mm-hmm. So... Olaena to Torino, one year loan with a five million option to buy. Hopefully he plays well there, and uh, hopefully we could sell him at the end of the season. Okay, here's another one. Hudson Adoy 
or Victor Moses for the backup right wing slot? Hudson Adoy. I would agree with you. So uh, Chaloba, Trevor Chaloba, with his first professional goal, playing defensive midfield for um, Ipswich. I would have liked it better if he was if he scored that goal playing center back for Ipswich. But mm-hmm. I mean, congratulations to him. He he got a professional goal, man. That's awesome. But I do think he's a player to look forward to as uh, as time goes on because I, I've seen I've seen a, a, a few of his games and and he looks he looks class. He looks like he could possibly be a first team player for us. The human chimney, aka the guy who <laughs> chews cigarettes on the touchline. Uh, sorry, wants to quit smoking. For the next one to two years, <laughs> no chance, or is there is there a chance? Let me reemphasize the fact that he was chewing on cigarettes on the touchline. Ch- uh, chewing cigarette butts. Chewing cigarette butts. Yeah, chewing yeah, cigarette he, butts. He's too classy to uh, pack a lip. He's, a, he's basically a butt muncher, he's, isn't he's, he? <laughs> a butt muncher. So, I mean, okay, he wants to quit smoking for the next one to two years. I like how he said one to two years specifically because that's how long a manager usually lasts at Chelsea. Uh So he's like, oh, maybe I could stop for like the next year and a half or two, wait till I get sacked, and then I could just start chain smoking again. Hopefully, I hope hope he quits smoking, but I hope he quits smoking for the next five to ten years because so far I really like the look of him, and I hope he stays with us for a long time. But we all know that. I hope hope – the people listening have have stayed listening to this point because that bum that butt muncher joke was great. Quality. I don't want any of the listeners to miss it. Um, all right, last last question statement um, for the speed round. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you a list of three names and I want you to to give me a case of which one you you want as the next director of football for Chelsea Football Club. Okay, Monchi, Michael Bollock, or Belletti. My heart's telling me Balak, but my head's telling me Monchi. I just love what Monchi did at Roma the, the last few years. I mean, just the players he's recruited for, the fees he's recruited him for, the squad he built with the budget. I mean, just imagine if he came to Chelsea, a team with a bigger budget like that. Someone that already has knowledge of Italian football like Maurizio Sarri, so it wouldn't be too difficult to get some transfers over the line. No. Um, possibly. I don't know. I, if I had to go right now, I'd go Monchi. I mean, if I'm I'm gonna go based on what I know, and I don't know anything about Bollock or Belletti's uh, ability to run a football club. I don't know any. We haven't seen any. We have they haven't done anything yet. Monchi though has done an amazing job at Roma the past two three seasons in building the squad and you know replacing p- players that they were able to sell for an amazing profit so quickly. Um, Michael Bollock, I don't know if I mean for the listeners from the first season, they would know Michael Bollock is the reason why I'm a Chelsea fan today. Obviously, my heart would uh, tend to agree with yours. Obviously, I want to see Michael Bollock as our director of football. I just don't have zero basis to base that off of. We have no idea if he would be Michael Bollock has like that arrogant cockiness suave look about Uh, him that that he just looks like he could do anything. That's why I love him. But I mean, he, he, and he—I think he's a great commentator too. He's probably out of he all, of, great the, out of, all yeah. of the, uh, yeah, out of all of the ex-football player pundits, I think he's one of my favorites. Um, as far yeah. like just the takes that he has, very accurate. I kind of like, knows, I, I kind of like Graham Lasso. He seems kind of non-biased, but yeah, and honestly, Rio, uh, 
uh, Rio. Rio Ferdinand. Yeah, has is I mean, he's he's there at BBC, I think, or somewhere. Yeah, but in England, he's still but man he, so he can I, fuck I, right I, off. Yeah, that, 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 yeah. Look, as long as he's wearing a suit, I'm good. Um, yeah. and he's not wearing a red uh, jersey. So let's get into uh, the Twitter questions. So I mean, we're asking you guys to send us questions, and we're not getting too many. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, we got. He's not kidding. We're actually not getting much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah come on where are you guys at um all 1000 of you so this week's question is from at cloft 89 he wants to know what the heck sorry is going to do with his front three when hazard is fit enough to start uh i think i i agree with you i mean obviously you you got to keep uh, marata in because he's the only other striker unless you want to play hazard at striker which i'm not i'm not ready for that yet I don't. I don't think. I don't think. Sorry, sold on Giroud yet either. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, at least I not mean, yet it, because he hasn't had much time. So yeah, so that striker position is either gonna be Morata or Giroud. But I guess the question is pretty much asking who's the odd man out between Pedro and William. I think that's pretty much what his question is. Right? I think. I, I think as of right now, if you had to leave one of those players out, you leave William out just based right. on form. Yeah. Oh yeah, Pedro. Pedro. Pedro has been amazing, and, and Pedro almost fits seamlessly with the system. Like Man, I we said haven't last talked week, enough about him, Zach. We haven't. We He's haven't. Been the unsung next hero. week. Next week, can we just have like at least like fifteen minutes dedicated to him? Because I think this is going to be another amazing if, season for him. If Pedro gets one more goal next week, we will officially have Pedro Appreciation Week. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, I, I, we're gonna I I mean, we're gonna have to dedicate some time to him because we do not give him enough time. But yeah, I mean, really quick, like but in we the talked about it. Too. We talked about it last week. Yeah, because Pedro's used to playing in a possession-based system. He's used to kind of filling in as that as that striker off of the right wing role, and and you know he he kind of he kind of occupies the same space that Mo Salah does when when we are in possession. He he likes to tuck in and, and make runs in beyond the forward, and I love that, and I think he works perfectly at it. Not not I love Willian too. Don't worry, but. Uh. You know, Hazard. You gotta have Hazard on the left. Oh yeah. And right now, Pedro's in too good a form to leave him out on the right. Yeah. So, yeah. See, that, that that is the caveat to our answer because when we say Pedro, it's not that we're saying not William. We're saying Pedro because of his the form and the style. Because I love I love William, and I, I'm so sorry, man. Like you know, you there, obviously you're not you're never gonna get in in front of Hazard, and you're better on the left side, but I mean the situation that he's in at Chelsea. I don't. I don't blame him for wanting to get out, but I want him to stay so bad. I love. I love William. I mean, if yeah. if he's able to, because he. I think he's he is way too talented to be coming off the bench, but I think that if he's able to accept this role, it would be amazing for us. Yeah. Well. Well. I. Th- I think eventually Pedro will will be uh will be back on the bench. You know. I. I think. I think against the teams that are a little bit harder to break down and the teams where we where we kind of um, teams that sit back and pack it in, I think I think Williams is a more obvious option because mm-hmm. he has that ability to to create something out of nothing and Pedro doesn't really have that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I we'll think probably, he's yeah, I feel have... like we'll see them start around the same amount of matches. That's the that that's the beauty about this season. I mean, going into last season, we didn't have this question of who's gonna who's gonna play over who. You know, there was maybe only one or two positions that were like that. This season, it's there's spots all over the pitch. I mean, for me, the only positions that are really locked down, you have your right back, your left back, 
You have Rudiger. David Luiz's David Luiz's position's up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Ross Barkley's position's up for grabs. Pedro's Williams up for grabs. Morata has to put together a, a, a few more games like this before I consider his position untouchable. I mean, they're just positions all over the field that are that are up for grabs right now. It's a great problem to have. Yeah, and last year we were uh, we would talk before the match. Oh, so who who, who do you think's gonna start next week? Fabregas or Bakayoko? <laughs> Oh, good God! <laughs> That's that was our debate. Not and not now we're a... talking Kovacic, <laughs> Ross Barkley, or Loftus Cheek. Oh, How the times have changed. But yeah, anyways, thank you, Sealoft eighty nine, for the question. Hey, he he's been he's been interacting with us a lot this past week, and like yeah. even though we even though we disagreed on a few things, I love having to banter with him because like the guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, so. he, he's he's a he, he's welcome to the ultras of the he's, yeah the, he, Roman, the yeah, Roman Empire the... ultras. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, we have like um, four people in it. You're a fourth member. Congrats. Yeah, it's it's Chelsea Eric, Chris from Denmark. <laughs> My mom. Uh, ang- angry Chelsea fan. Or, yeah, we, our, we, our, our parents. <laughs> we got a few, yeah. But uh, <laughs> let's get into this Newcastle game before we uh, dive into how sad our lives actually are. Um, so, you know, That's Newcastle, <laughs> 12th place after two matches. Only one goal in that spell. That was Jostelou's goal last week versus Spurs. I mean, what in this game do we need to look out for? I don't think we need to spend too much time on it, but just a, j- just a few main points. Well, obviously, I mean, Kennedy can't play against us because he's a loney. So that's just the first point I want to talk about. Um, and he's a big player for them as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, he's probably one of their best players. Um, I have I have to I honestly have not looked at Newcastle's first two fixtures. Are they have they won this season? Do you know what they're? Uh no, they haven't. Okay, yeah, they're, no, yeah they they, they have a draw. They have the draw against Cardiff and a loss to Tottenham. Okay, yeah, so they're, they're still they still have yet to win a match. Um, so obviously that's what they're looking for. Um, they've only scored one goal. Um, in those two matches. Um, I saw that, but um. I mean, this team they're they're gonna they are gonna sit deep because I mean, our the way that our offense has been, they have no choice. <laughs> yeah, and three goals a game. Yeah, and uh, they're gonna try to hit us on the counter. I mean, that's really realistic. I feel like that's the only thing that they can do because you mm-hmm. know they play with a four four one one. Um, so obviously, I mean that that's just, and you know it's gonna be a deep four four one one as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're probably going to have a Jose Perez playing behind, like, either Jocelyn or Rondon. Um, and then, you know, they're they're going to try and get the ball in wide positions and just whip it into the big man. Um, and that's usually their bread and butter. Um, one thing I do want to mention is John Joe Shelby. I mean, if, for me, he, this is the player that you have to negate if you want to stop Newcastle because he's their metronome. He's the one that keeps them ticking. Um, he's the one that's going to find those outlet balls out wide and, and, and play those outlet balls to the center forwards to relieve pressure. And he's so the one who's could... going to kick Eden Hazard in the back of his of his shin. Oh yeah. Well, well we know that John Joe John Joe Shelby kicks every person that's around. I fucking hate that guy. But you know he like I <laughs> he he's a big player for them. But it's like I hate complimenting him because I hate him so much. Um, but yeah, it's St. James Park is always a loud place to go. I mean, you have a combination of that with a few players that could hurt you. Who knows what could happen? This is the Premier League. Um, the boys definitely have to be up for it. Um, but you know, there 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 are a few things we got to do in order to make sure we win. But Sam, I'm gonna go ahead and make the first claim. Um, Hazard and Kovacic have to start. Oh, the okay. sooner the sooner they could start playing together. 
And the sooner that they could start to create this chemistry and this bond between them, the sooner we'll start seeing them flourish more and more and more. So against Newcastle, that's going to be his first. He's, he, we're going to see Hazard and Kovacic, you think? Yeah, I think Kovacic will get his first start at Newcastle, just like uh, Santiago. I, the reason why I, did I, the reason why I ask like that is because I mean, I like I feel like this could also be. I mean, I'm not. I, I. I. don't. I'm. I feel like I'm disrespecting Newcastle a lot, but I mean, they are. They have not been. They didn't have a good window. No. They. they, they, they know, for the past couple they... seasons, they have been falling each. Each and every year, they've gone worse and worse. Um. I mean, they. They. They put. You know, when they were, when they were like led Newcastle and they had all these French players. Um. Like that was before they got relegated. Yeah. They had, like the Czech Teotes and uh, that was like four or five. Yeah. yeah, four or five years ago they were yeah. doing good, and then they got relegated, and then they got, came back, and now and then I think ever since then they've just gone worse and worse. And I mean, remember Demba? I don't want to say yeah, as a strike partnership. Of course I remember Demba Ba. Demba Ba, Chelsea legend as well. She is a Chelsea legend. He stopped Liverpool from winning the title. Flippy G, baby. Flippy G. My okay. favorite Liverpool legend. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but, you know. Yeah, but, but sorry. I want to take, but getting back to my original like point about Hazard and Kovacic. Because I feel like this would be a a match that we could play a lot more young guys. Like, I would love to see hudson Adoy play. But, I mean, because Hazard, he he's not quite fit yet. And I don't know if this is, like, the match that you have to play him. Especially when... Um, we have William and Pedro in such good form, um, but how I long mean, does it really take to get fit? I mean, if you're a guy that's Hazard's size, he, he looks pretty damn fit to me. I think he starts this game. I mean, I, I understand, why hasn't he I started the first two matches? I I, I understand what explanation. you're saying. Well, uh, maybe he was unfit for the first two matches, but Sam, there's still six days between now and when we play Newcastle, so I I, I just think that. He's going to be fit enough to start. There's no way we can't start him next game. It's just like inconceivable to me to even think that William will get another start over him. Especially because William hasn't necessarily been setting a world alight. Yeah, and I'm Maybe looking at our next and I'm looking at our next four matchups. Bournemouth, Cardiff, West Ham. It's not like any of those guys are like the team that we need to rest Hazard for him to come back for, you know. Exactly. I think you're right. Yeah, new. I, I wouldn't be. Too and, surprised. and maybe and maybe those games after that, but maybe those games you just mentioned are good games for guys like Ross Barkley yeah. and Loftus Cheek to make yeah. a name for themselves, where yeah. they might be called upon as opposed to Kovacic. Yeah, I, I was just saying, especially since since you know after this tough week, um, yeah, I'm sure the guys are tired. They ran that. I mean, with with the how little defense there was, uh, switching possessions. I'm sure our team was gassed. So um, so 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 let's but, just. Yeah, you want to? So I think this week. We're going to start a new thing where with our predictions where not yeah. only do you give your prediction of the score, but you're cool. also going to make – you're going to make a bold claim of what you think wow. is going to happen, Zach. Let's, Crazy ass So how about you idea. start us off with the first bold claim um, of, of the of our, of the Roman Empire podcast? I'll start with the first bold claim of the Roman's Empire podcast. Uh, that's not, no, that's that's that is not true. We've made we've made several. We've bold made a lot. Claims, but, but but this is like the first official yeah, bold official. claim premeditated mm-hmm. um i think Jorginho will have his first hundred plus pass game for chelsea i i, th- I think we're going to see a lot of the ball i think newcastle is going to be sitting deep um and i think Jorginho is just going to be pinging it side to side for 90 minutes until we eventually get a breakthrough um i think we'll get a late 
breakthrough sometime in uh, the middle of the second half. And I think we'll also nick another one just for icing on the cake, 2-0 Chelsea. I'm, I'm going to predict 3-0 Chelsea. And my bold prediction, as we will see Hudson-Odoi play, Ooh. I, 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 I'm, I'm not saying he's going to start, but he might come off the bench. And we'll see. If we we'll could make an appearance. If we could go up 3-0 with about 15 or 20 minutes left, yeah, yeah I could I could see it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want, I mean, if it, it doesn't count if he comes in in the 85th minute or later, okay? For my bold prediction to come true, he needs to play at least 15 minutes, okay? Yeah. Well, I'll, 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 I'll give myself a little bit of a, you know, challenge on this bold prediction. But, okay. Uh, yeah. That's fair enough. I mean – pretty po- it's nice to have positive podcasts back isn't it Sam? i feel like this uh, season we're yeah. going to be having a lot more positivity maybe not I necessarily was a lot more all the results and happy and yeah i mean even if we lose i mean it's not like we just can't go we're not on trying to win the title this year i think Wait, i think that's blatantly obvious I mean, kevin de bruyne is out that's our window i don't think i don't think that affects them very much they still have 13 <laughs> i mean that's liverpool's window they right? still have 13 50 plus million dollar players on their squad so whatever but you know i i, I think it's a season where if we finish in the top four and qualify for champions league next season and maybe make a deep run in 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 the uh europa league i but think that'll be what, constituted it, as a positive okay season. let's say let's say de bruyne is out for three to four months and mosala also gets injured and he's out for a large portion. But that's the, that's the, the thing. curse Liverpool, of Chelsea's past. The, 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 then Jordan <laughs> Shakiri will just light it up for them. But that's what? the thing with all these squads now is they're so deep. I mean, that's dude. You're really telling at, me. But you're I mean, telling you're telling me Shakiri at 12 million is not a fucking bargain. I, but I'm not telling you that. I'm just saying Liverpool with Shakiri is not much better than Chelsea with everyone. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess Liverpool with Shakiri is like off... Newcastle with Papisi and Demba. <laughs> yeah, it's like pretty much you compare them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's about right. It's, 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 but, that's uh, a swap for swap comparison right there. That 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 like actually. Like... Uh, where is Papisi say right now? He's probably getting paid in China. Yeah, I bet China, you. China takes them all. But um, yeah, I mean that that brings us to the end of the pod. Hopefully, more positive podcasts to come in the future, just like this one. Um, hey, we've been having so much interaction on Twitter. Um, make sure if you want us to cover something in the next episode, tweet it at us. I always bookmark it. I always make sure that I fit in as much as we can um, when we do get more than one um, <laughs> because we don't have that many listeners. But whatever. Um, make sure you tweet at us at Romans Empire Pod. Make sure you email us, RomansEmpirePod at gmail.com. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on any third-party app for Android or Apple. Um, make sure you hit us up. Let us know what you think. Until next week. Keep the blue flag flying high.